All right, welcome back. It's just me and Cheese doing Region 3. Um, so let's get into it. First, we got Waterloo, the Woodchuck, 16 and 2, number 2 overall, 18th strength of schedule out of conference 18. Um, they got a really good team. Jared Ingram, Lucas Cruz, Brian Hess. I mean, all their players are just really, really solid. Um, they had a great year, won their conference um, title and their tournament title. So good for them. They're going up again against Wichita talking about Willis. Um, they are number 96, 126. They won conference 23 um, as the three seed, um, beating College Station to make the NTT. You know, they got some guys that can score in their uh, backcourt and then their frontcourt, you know, gets, gets the rebounds or tries to and plays defense. So um, you look at these two teams, Waterloo is – the number nine team in true shooting percentage margin, number three team in assists, number one team in blocks, number two team in points. Uh, Wichita is on Wichita is not top um, ten in any statistical um, category. So you look at this matchup, um, you know. It, it's going to be pretty tough for Wichita, you know. They, they You're going up against one of the, one of the powerhouses of uh, League 31 um, in uh, Waterloo. So what do you see in this matchup? Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Wichita's a good team. I mean, congrats to them to, for being here. Um, uh, their freshman class shows a lot of promise. I think Elijah yeah. and Aaron Shelley, that's a great combo that's going to serve them for – you know, the next three years after, after this tournament. Um, but, but they're not going to keep up with Waterloo. Um, yeah. Waterloo's playing a top 20 schedule and blowing it out by a margin of 17 points per game um, mm -hmm. with, you know, the guys you mentioned um, one through four can go for 20 a night. So uh, yeah. there's just too much on Waterloo's side. Yeah. Let's look at this next matchup. We got the eight and nine, we got Jefferson city, the sea beggars, um, you know, Fresh off a of final four, they've been to at least um, five straight Elite Eights. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, you know, the team just hasn't been as good this year, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Or, I mean, not not bad, but they play a tough schedule, you know, and they were on the bubble and got a big win by 30 to sneak into the NTT, um, played a little zone, try, trying some different things to uh, – um, make it work They're So they're obviously led by, you know, Melvin Dunn page and the Anderson brothers, you know, Pedro and uh, Francisco. Uh, and then you got the twin towers down there. They're, they're starting five is great, but their depth, you know, has some problems and, you know, you can't blame a team when they play that toughest schedule and go six and seven in conference, but you know um, yeah, they're here and, they know how to win in the NTT. They're going up against the Llamas, Atlanta. They're 14-4, and four, number 32 overall, 107 strength of schedule. Um, and Dylan Boudet, that's their guy. Um, he's the guy that they run their offense through. That's who they're going to want to score a lot. Um, and he carries them a lot. They're not a high-scoring team. They play a lot of defense. You look at Jefferson City. Jefferson City is number four in offensive rebounds with the Twin Towers, number seven in points and number three in three points attempted. So they love to hit a lot of threes, love to score a lot of points. Atlanta, they're the opposite. They, they're number one in true, opposing true shooting percentage, number 10 in rebounding margin, number nine in foul margin, 
and number one in points allowed. So they're going to try and slow this down, but I don't know if they can slow Jefferson City down that much when they're scoring that many points. Any thoughts? Well, and you make a great point about slowing Jefferson City down because um, Atlanta, they haven't played a lot of great teams this year, but really their signature win was game five when they beat number 13, Fort Lauderdale. Um, and in that game, they held Fort Lauderdale to 59 points, which is 20 fewer than Fort Lauderdale's season average. Um, so that says to me, for Atlanta to have a shot in this game, it all comes down to can they slow down Jefferson City. Um, in that win they had over Lauderdale, uh, both Boudet and Hassler shot 7 of 17 from the field. So it's not like they were crazy efficient. They just really got stops when they needed to. Um, so that's kind of the question for me. Um, when I look at Jefferson City's roster this year, obviously it starts with their senior class. Um, they've got two superstar classes talent-wise and two classes that aren't very noteworthy um, talent-wise, but they've really loaded their minutes up with their good players, um, and I think it's enough to win this game behind Melvin Dent. Yeah, the last two games Jefferson City's played a slow pace, um, but if they want if they want to win this game, they should. I think they should be playing fast. The more shots they get up, the better their chances of winning Great. this game, in my opinion. Um, let's look at the next matchup, the uh, the fat four thirteen matchup. We got the Memphis Routers, um, coached by Coach uh, uh, Barber New. Uh, um, yeah, they're back in the NTT after considerable time off, but they have a great team. They're going up against the Dallas Wranglers by SSF for Life. Um, you know, they're led by Jesus Pickering, and uh, Memphis is led by Kevin Fitcher. Um, I mean, Kevin Finch right, is just right. incredible, incredible. 62.6% shooting, 37.2 points a game. I mean, man, how many seasons do you have? Like, I mean, he might be closing in on, on the record for um, most points in a season. Uh, He's leading the league this year. Yeah, Um the most points in the season was Mario Dillon, obviously. I for, <laughs> forgot about him. He's got – he had 40.9 points a game. But, you know, uh, and then he's, on pace to, he's on pace to be number six um, as far as season, only behind Dillon and then uh, Juan Rios of uh, the Chattanooga Payne, who's still there but just not having as great of a senior year. Uh, anyway, uh, seems like a great matchup. You look at Memphis um, – Number six in points and number two in three points attempted, uh, whereas um, Dallas is number three, four in three points attempted, and that's their top statistical category. So expect a lot of threes. Um, should be fun. Um, and, you know, Dallas has some guys other than, um, yeah, other than, uh, um, just one for Memphis, but you know, I, I'm excited for this. I just want to see how many threes can go up in this game. Yeah, any thoughts? Yeah, this could be a great game. Um, a guy on uh Dallas I'm looking at is Christopher Hawkins, he's a guy that we recruited and lost the tie on. Um, uh, 56% from the field, 58% true shooting. Um, oh, only eight points on six shots, but 9.8 boards, 4.8 assists, 2.6 blocks. Um, just a crazy athletic guy. 
um, holding it down at center at, at only six eight. So um, fun guy to watch, uh, you know, going up against um, Fred Beatty for Memphis. Yeah. Um, I mean, Memphis has a crazy freshman class. It's always a question yeah. when you come to the NTT of how your freshmen are going to fare, especially when they have a freshman point guard. In this yeah. case, I, I'm not saying it because we've been talking about it all night, but um, the fact that they have a pass first point guard, I think, may, might factor in here because when, you, when you've got a, a guy with the ball in his hands that's in a scorer's mentality, probably mm-hmm. not having to think as much because he's just letting it naturally come to him and getting to the rim, finding his shot. When you have a guy that's trying to facilitate, probably against a better defensive team than he's used to playing, um, even though Memphis played a good schedule. Um, just thinking, you're on this biggest, you're on the bigger stage now. Are you going to be able to make those good decisions in the moment? And I wouldn't be surprised here if Dallas comes up with the upset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's interesting is they're just they're small. You know, Samuel Martinez is their six four power For forward. Sure. Now, you'd think a guy scoring 1.9 points a game would be a good defender. Um, I don't know if he's a good defender or not. He gets 1.4 steals, but he's going to have the opportunity of a lifetime going up against a guy like Kevin Pitcher. You don't, you don't get these, these matchups. You know? these, these matchups don't happen all the yeah. time. And they've uh, rotated defenses throughout the year as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say they're going to try and shut down Fitcher. Now, um, can that happen? You know, is it just kind of pointless, like, to try and stop him because he's going to get his no matter what? Or, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it should be a fun game yeah. to watch. Cool. Um, let's look at the next matchup. we got the five-seed Aspen fourth plateau, coached by Coach Robo Coach. Um, you know, he – he makes it on the back of Nolan O'Shea and Noah Nyes um, as the five seed. They're going up against the Macon Gorillas, coached by Coach Golf Team. They won Conference 8 in the regular season, lost in the finals uh, of their conference tournament. You know, um, yeah, they got, they got, um, they're led by Demetrius Hartman. Uh, yeah, they, they have a solid team too. So you look at these two teams. Uh, Macon is the number three team in free throws attempted. That's their only top 10 disco category. Um, and then you look at the other team, you look at Aspen, and they are number six in true shooting percentage, number seven in rebounding margin, number two in foul margin, and number one in free throws attempted. So both teams like to go to the line. Aspen a little better at um, not going, not not fouling, but, you know, this game could have a lot of fouls. Both teams just go to the line so much. Aspen at 21.61 times per game, making it 19.94. So um, if you like watching free throws, if you if you like watching uh, the Houston Rockets, um, you'll probably enjoy this game. Yeah, and uh, Aspen's got a, a pass-first point guard in 6-7 Lachlan Bradley. Um what strikes me about both of these teams is neither one of them really depends on their bench that much um, for scoring, at least. Um, it's really the the two through four for Aspen and the one through three uh, for Macon. Um, you know, Demetrius Hartman um, is playing that shooting guard position at six eight. 
yeah, he's got a lot of heart. What's that? He's got a lot. Of heart. Oh yeah, man. Um, but he's shooting over a six three guy in this matchup. So um, I've got my eye on that. You know, both teams are looking at that shooting guard spot for the bulk of their their points. Um, and uh, yeah, I I feel like it could be close. Um, and Macon could come out with the upset here. Yeah. Yeah, it should be it should be a good game. Let's go down to the bomb half of the bracket. We got the number two seed, Salt Lake City, the Denizens. Number five, coached by Coach Bills Bam, 187. Um, this team, you know, they have that bad sophomore class, but other than that, really, really solid players. They um they tried out Jason Gardner in their uh shooting guard slash point guard position this year um into their starting lineup. Uh, and he's been playing shooting guard pretty much the whole second half of the half of the year. Um, yeah, they win a lot of games. They're going up against Richmond, the 15 seed. Richmond has some talent on their team. You know, they got decent classes, um, especially the senior class led by Joshua Williams. Um, he just seems like a good all around center. Um, no high scores, but they all play in the mid-20s, so it's like you can't expect them to score that much. Andrew Andrew Brock scores a lot off the bench. If you look at his per-30s, um, he's averaging 17.6. So, uh, you look at, so you look at Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is the number six team in steals, and that's all, which is interesting for their top um, 10. And Richmond is not top 10 in any statistical category. Um, is there any way Richmond can pull an upset here? Um, no. Uh, no. Tanner and yeah. Nuye uh, for Salt Lake City um, is is a pretty efficient guy, and I can't believe he's only a junior. Seems like he's been around making waves for a while. So, sixty point six percent true shooting, and uh, that's second best on the team. Um, so they've got three guys over sixty percent true shooting. I, I, I think they're crazy efficient as far as their starting lineup. Um, and it's going to be hard to defend. It's going to be hard for Richmond to defend against that balance of an offensive yeah. threat. Plus they've got double digit points uh, combined with their bench players as well. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Let's move on to the next matchup. We got the number seven seed, the Billings Witherstorm um, going up against the Pontiac clown babies. So, uh, the Witherstorm, they really rely on their small forward and their shooting guard, Matthew Floyd and Riley Hansen. Um, I really love um, the senior-freshman relationship that those guys have built mm-hmm. over, the, over the course of the year. It's been really cool to see. I'm a little surprised that Riley's playing small forward when his power forward is 6'6". Six, six. Um, but, hey, you know, whatever works for you. You know, they made the NTT. It's one of the only 11 at-large teams. And you know when you make it as an at-large team, you're really good. you got a really solid team. Pontiac won their conference tournament in Conference 16 over the three-seed Youngstown. Um, they have not that James Jones, who is a pass-first point guard. Um, it just sucks when your name's James Jones because it's like you always have to live up to um, an expectation that you're never going to meet, you know? I think he might uh, go by Jimmy, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's much lower of a bar. <laughs> when... <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, so Aaron Willis and Peter Newman are their um, big scorers. So both teams have a lot of scoring at the uh, shooting guard and small forward position, which should make for a fun game, you know. Um, I can see him getting into some one-on-one -on -one battles a little bit. Pontiac is number four in opposing three-pointers, number nine in opposing true shooting percentage, number two in points allowed, and number 10 in opposing free throws. So they don't send people to the line, and they play great defense. Billings, on the other hand, is number six in foul margin, number 10 in points allowed, number five in opposing free throws attempted. So it looks like it's probably going to be a defensive battle. What do you think? I mean, yeah, yeah think? I, I think uh, Pontiac has um, arguably a, a deeper bench than Billings. Um, and a guy that I'm looking at is Anthony Tinner, um, who's uh, almost 15 points per 30. Um, so I'm like, man, if he had an efficient few minutes off the bench, uh, could this game really be close or, or tip in Pontiac's favor? But when I look at Billings' roster – Garrett Anderson jumps off the page um, at 6'10", yeah. 12.3 rebounds and four blocks a game um, and a, a yeah. plus 12 plus minus. Um, so I think if, if Pontiac is counting on getting points from their bench, from their big, mm -hmm. that's, I think they're mistaken and that's not going to happen uh, with the defense of Anderson. Um, so, uh, I think that gives Billings an edge in this when they've got the scoring of that combo you talked about in Floyd and Hanson. Yeah. I mean, you th the way to attack Billings, I think is from the power forward position. You know, if you can get a taller guy going up against, against Shane Richards, um, you might have a decent chance, but I don't see that in Pontiac, you know, Alexander Anderson's a little, he's only six, seven and Not a four. I mean, he's a decent. Yeah, he's a decent rebounder, but, you know, he's not going to score over. Any chance so, they move Newman down, um, switch Newman and Anderson? Maybe. That would be a pretty smart move, especially if you want to um, slow down Riley Hansen at the, uh, at the um, small forward. I'm guessing that Alexander Anderson's not just in there to – I mean, he's 1.6 steals, 1.7 blocks. That's pretty nice. Um yeah, that could be a good move if he wants to, if JW Schultz wants to do it. We'll see. Cool. Let's look at the 314 matchup. We got um, the Nerds, Rochester, the Boy Geniuses, number 10 in the country, fresh off their conference six title. Um, yeah, they, they got a solid team. This is the same. I mean, they got a lot, three of the same, or I guess only two of the same starters. Um, from their NTT title team two years ago in Kenan Benning and uh, Raymond Glover. Glover's just playing incredible this year, 28.5 points a game, 5.3. Um, defensive monster, does everything except pass. Um, and why would you want that guy passing? <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, they're going up against Hershey, the Colts, cooked by Andrew Luck, 12. Um, Jason Frazier, their shooting guard, probably their best player. Um, Parker, Majaka, um, and no one else really scores. They they really rely on those two and the backups behind them. So um, you look at Rochester. Rochester is number ten in true shooting percentage and the number eighteen in true shooting percentage margin. Um, whereas Hershey is the number ten team in opposing true shooting percentage and number four in points allowed. So they try and play it slow. 
stop other teams, but they don't have a great strength of schedule. I don't think they have a chance, but you know, they got some players. They got some players on it. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Rochester's a great team and Glover's an elite player. Um, So they're, they're heavily favored and they're going to win this game. There are two things in my mind that could keep it close for Hershey. Um, One is that Raymond Glover for as, Outstanding as he is, he leads the team in turnovers. And the guy that's guarding him, mm-hmm. Parker Majka, uh, leads their team and steals 1.7 per game. So that's something to watch here. The other thing to watch is Logan Van, the backup uh, small forward for Hershey, uh, coming in uh, with 10 points a game, 24.8 points per 30 off the bat. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy efficiency. Oh. Um, I'm surprised he's not yeah. starting with that, to be honest with you. So if he gets hot and if uh, Hershey can get some turnovers, we'll see. Uh, but I really think Rochester's going to cruise in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And if they – if they, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the next matchup if they can play. Um, we got Miami. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the Astro Plains, you know. And you got, the, you got Peter Holmes. You got Benjamin Lucas, Brian Brewer. Uh, going up against the Reno Rollers, coached by um, the other cheese, uh, JS Cheese. So, are you related to him? No, or? but I actually do know him in real life. And both of us have yeah. gone by like our nickname has been Cheese in real life for a long time. Okay, so he's got Stephen Stewart. You probably know a lot about you probably know a lot about his team. Stephen Stewart's averaging twenty-two point five points a game. Uh, Walter Nolan, he's a really great player too. Really efficient scores. Um, yeah, this Reno team's good, but man, how does Miami get a six seed? That is crazy. I feel like they are just yeah. So Miami is number six in opposing true shooting percentage, number four in true shooting percentage margin, number six in assists, number six in blocks, number three in turnover margin, number nine in points, um, number five in free throws attempted. Um, yeah, whereas Reno is um, number eight in offensive rebounds, number nine in rebounding margin, number eight in opposing free throws, and number eight in uh, threes. Lots of eights there. Uh, yeah, what? Do you, I mean, I feel like Reno is a really good team, but, man, this is a Yeah, rough. so we play Reno every year in the Dairy Duel. Um, and, yeah. uh, man, I, I respect uh, Coach Shees uh, a lot for what he's done. Um, they were not good when he started coaching, and you can even still see three straight DTTs on his recent history before they broke through to the NTT. Um, guys, uh, guys like Neil Weed, which it's one of the best names for the rollers you could ever have. Um, but mm-hmm. Weed Man uh, gave up a starting spot. I think he probably started two years for them and then went to the bench. Um, but having a pretty efficient senior year coming off the bench and bringing some leadership there, they have two guys over 18 points per 30 uh, as their reserves. Um, and then Steven Stewart yeah. at the power forward, you know, is, is really their main guy. Um, 22 and a half points, 8.3 rebounds. So um, not an untalented team by any metric. Uh, yeah. Have you talked to Coach Cheese, JS Cheese, about – like Neil Weed going to the bench because, I mean, when when you we have a freshman that goes in there and is shooting thirty seven percent from the field, it's got to be a little disheartening for him. It's like, man, like I was, I'm playing pretty well. Have you talked to him about that? At I all? have not. Um, you know, I by looking at it, 
I think he really likes the freshman's height, um, but I haven't yeah. had a specific conversation. And he's pretty good at – and he's a passer. Like, he's he's got a good assist to turnover ratio. So, um, but, man, he'd love a little more efficiency. Sure. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Reno. I really do. Um, but I just think this is a tough matchup. You got, you're going up against Peter. Uh, he stole what I was going to say. Yep. I mean, that's the story, right? He's just a dominant big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well – what is the F stand for? Uh, for finisher. He's great around the rim. Finish. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, Peter Finisher home. So, okay. So I think this is the toughest bracket, um, at least in my opinion. Um, I think I think there's a lot of really good games. So I'm going to take Waterloo over Jefferson City, Memphis over Aspen, Waterloo over Memphis. Um, and then on the bottom, I got Salt Lake City over Billings, and oh, man. I know this is the one. So tough. Yeah, it's the Rochester Miami game. I feel like I feel like the winner of that has a really good chance to advance. Um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Miami. Um, I'm gonna take Miami over Salt Lake City too, um, and then. Uh, uh, I'm going to take Waterloo, I think, to okay. go to the final I'm, four. I, I have really similar as you. It's really the second quadrant where we differ. So Waterloo over Jefferson yeah. City. Um, I have Dallas over Macon in, the, in that second quad. Okay. Salt Lake City over Billings. Miami over Rochester, which will be a great game. And then Miami over Salt Lake City. Waterloo over Dallas. Um, and then I actually uh, picked Miami over Waterloo for the final but yeah, I, mean, uh, I think and, for sure those three teams, Waterloo, Miami, and Rochester, have a legit shot at coming out of this region. Yeah, and you feel bad for a team like Rochester who has a real – I mean, that's a really tough second-round matchup. Um, but everyone's just got tough matchups. You know, there's not going to be any – I mean, you picked a couple upsets of Macon and Dallas, but those aren't any slouches. Memphis ranked really high at the beginning of the year and then fell off a little bit. And it's like still, when you have a team like, like Miami who's clearly capable talent-wise of making it to the Final Four and they're your sixth seed? I mean, come on. That's rough. And look at you got Jefferson City who's made it to five straight right. Elite Eights. As who, the eight who we both picked to lose in the second round. Eight. Yeah, like that's – Waterloo really could lose in that. In that matchup, like that's that's completely plausible. Um, but you know, I mean, Jefferson City's lost a lot this year, so we'll see. Um, cool. Any, I mean, lots star of power, stuff, right? Kevin Fitchner, um, O'Shea from Aspen, Matt Floyd, and Garrett Aspen from Billings, obviously, Raymond Glover. We Ryan talked Hunt. about Peter Holmes. I mean, this is a really stacked region, Jared Ingram. I mean. Lucas, I mean, you could say the whole wide <laughs> right. right? I mean, Tanner, Tanner, anyway, like these, I mean, there's some star power. I mean, if I was, if I, if, you know, if I get my, if, if they were giving out press passes for um, this NTT, I'd want my press pass for region three, <laughs> you know, that's, 
that's where it's happened. This is this is just the best region. Honestly, I think there's seven teams, maybe six or seven teams that could win this. Is that too much no. to say? I picked Miami to the sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah, Miami could win. Jefferson City's really good. Salt Lake City, Rochester, Waterloo, Memphis. Memphis is so like. I mean, yeah, this we, will be a fun one. We didn't even so, mention Jesus Pickering. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Jesus Jesus Pickering. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the guy walks on water. That's that's all I'm Word. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh Jimmy and Cheese will bring us home tomorrow with region four and um, final four picks. So thanks so much.